So congregation, you know the Lord gathers us, and now he also speaks to us this day. And we turn to Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. But as we do, let us ask the Lord for his blessing on his word. O Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and that the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Again, I invite you to turn with me to Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. Now, what we've seen so far in chapter 10, you see how Jesus calls us to live in a right relationship with him. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus, is to live in a right relationship with him. That means by believing in him, but that also means following him. And a very, very good illustration of that we saw a few weeks ago is from uh, verses 13 to 16. Remember when the parents came with the children to Jesus? Disciples tried to stand in the way. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Let the little children come to me, for to such belongs the kingdom. Right? Jesus here speaks of childlike faith. As a matter of fact, you see his relationship with them. He carries them, and he puts them on his lap. But then we came to the, the man with great wealth. He chose his riches instead of a relationship with Jesus. You know, Jesus, it says there, loved him. He looked at him and loved him. But the wealthy man, the man with great wealth, no, he chose riches instead of a relationship and life everlasting. And then last week, we saw James and John and they're asking Jesus, we want you to do whatever we ask you to do for us. <laughs> and again, they're not fully understanding, at least not this time. Later they do, but this time they're thinking they want rank and position in his kingdom. They're not necessarily thinking in terms of a relationship where they believe and follow the Lord Jesus in the way that Jesus wants them to. And today we come to see the kind of, the kind of disciple that Jesus wants us to be. And that's in Mark 10, verses 46 to 52. Let's hear God's word. They came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many warned him to be quiet. He cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he arose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. 
Yeah, what kind of disciple is Jesus looking for? That's what we really want to answer this morning. What do we see here? We meet a man. We meet this guy. He's sitting by the road, a blind man who is a beggar. He lives by begging. He's marginalized. He's sitting on the sidelines of life. He's an outcast, largely ignored, not loved, put aside. Why would anyone listen to this kind of guy? I mean, would Jesus really want to listen to him? He's a nobody, a nobody on the road to life. In fact, what do we hear the crowds telling him to do? Shut up. Be quiet. I mean, this guy's not worth listening to. Who does he think he is anyway calling out? Why is he begging, congregation? Why? True, he's begging because he's blind. How else will he support himself? They didn't have welfare, social welfare in those days. But where's his family? Where's his father? Where's his mother? Where's his siblings, if he had any? Why are they not taking care of him? And what about the church? Why are they not helping out their own? You know, spiritually, it says something about the church in those days. They really didn't care. That says something very sobering about the spiritual state of God's people in those days. In the book of Deuteronomy, they had the scriptures. And the Bible was very clear in Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 7 to 8. We hear these words, if there is among you a poor man among your brothers, so a brother or sister in Christ, you shall open your hand wide to him. Willingly lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. So what we hear this morning is Jesus reveals his mercy. To whom? To this blind beggar, giving him sight, giving him eyes to see. We're going to see three things from our passage this morning. First of all, what do we hear? Bartimaeus' childlike cry. Think of the children back in verses 13 to 16. <laughs> we hear his childlike cry in verses 46, 47, 48. And then we hear Jesus' loving call, his most tender call to this man. And finally, we're going to see Bartimaeus' heartwarming response. So different from the rich young ruler, isn't it? His response was a heartbreaking one. He went away sad. Not this man. His heart melted at the love of his Savior. So those three things we want to look at this morning as we consider the passage that's before us. Consider, first of all, verse 46, 47, 48. Bartimaeus' childlike cry. You talk about a man who's an outcast. This is him. He's a nothing. And nobody in life. I mean, day by day, day by day, he sat by the well-traveled road. It was a road that was usually busy with all kinds of foot traffic. It was about 18 kilometers away from Jerusalem. Northeast of Jerusalem was where Jericho was. So it was a good place to sit on the side of the road and just hold out your hand. And that's what Bartimaeus did day by day. Maybe his cloak over him. Maybe he felt a sense of shame 
But this was the position in which he found himself, begging daily for alms. He needed food to eat, did he not? He needed food. Nobody else was looking after him. He begged. Even his own personal name. We don't know his own personal name, do we? Bartimaeus literally means son of Timaeus. So he was the son of his father whose name is Timaeus. <laughs> That's what bar means. Bar means son, son of Timaeus. He's not important anyway. He's Oh, he's the son of Timaeus, Bartimaeus. Son of Timaeus. Jesus is now leaving Jericho on the same road, going towards Jerusalem with his disciples. And there's a large, a huge multitude, a large crowd of people coming together. And we read in verse 47, that when Bartimaeus heard, he couldn't see, he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. Who else is going to hear him? Maybe Jesus will. And he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You know, in his childlike cry, that's what we're focusing on, right? First point, his childlike cry. What do you hear? You hear, first of all, his cry of faith. He heard. He heard that it was Jesus. How does faith come? <laughs> By hearing, says Romans 10, 17. And no doubt, though he didn't see Jesus, he heard about Jesus' mighty deeds, how he gave ears to the deaf and how he raised the dead to life. And now he comes to Jesus. He calls upon Jesus, and he's ready to receive the kingdom of God like a little child. He's helpless like a little child. He has nothing to give like a little child. All he does is cry out what? Have mercy. He has nothing else. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. It's always the first step, first step for one who believes in Jesus. The kind of disciple Jesus looks for is the one who cries out, have mercy on me. I have nothing to give. I have nothing to offer you. I have only my sin. Have mercy on me. None so far in Mark chapter 10 have exemplified, has modeled that kind of faith in Christ as this outcast, this nobody in the eyes of the world. Not even Jesus' disciples at this point in time. Later they will, but not even his disciples at this point in time. And his cry, what does Bartimaeus express? He expresses his full trust, his confidence, his faith in Jesus as Savior. And he, you know, you, begins to, you, you see that he begins to understand who Jesus really is. He's not just a military king who's going to set up his physical throne in Jerusalem. Though he's physically blind, think about this, though he's physically blind, he sees he sees by faith, unlike the crowds who are not seeing by faith. He sees by faith. He might not have the eyesight, but by the grace of God, he has insight. Very different thing. He has the insight. He confesses that Jesus is the son of David. There you have it. He knows who Jesus is, son of David. 
Bing. What's the son of David? What does that mean? Well, Jesus is all that God has promised in the Old Testament. He is the promised king. Son of David is the, the son of the king of the son of King David. And Jesus is the fulfillment of the whole line of the kings who came from David. And now he has come. In him, the kingdom has come. Will Jesus show mercy on him and bring him healing and bring wholeness to Bartimaeus? Should Bartimaeus doubt, doubt at all? He's a nothing to anybody else. But should he doubt? Bartimaeus knows that the son of David, the Messiah, the king, he comes to reverse the curse and bring the blessing of the kingdom. Even as Isaiah 35, perhaps he knew Isaiah 35, verse 5, then the eyes of the blind shall see. He trusts in him. This is the very last healing in the Gospel of Mark, by the way. The very last healing in the Gospel of Mark. And you see Jesus himself before the view of all the crowds and his disciples. He's the one who draws out a confession of faith. From whom? Among the most unlikely people that are all around him. He draws, he elicits a confession of faith from this man on the side of the road, begging. Bartimaeus, by the grace of God, he knows his own need. That's the kind of disciple Jesus is looking for. And you know, Jesus is the one who enables us to see our need. It's an amazing miracle of his in our lives. Bartimaeus sees it. And this is the point. And you see, he begs for mercy. What does he do? He throws himself on the mercy of Jesus. He doesn't have anything to claim. In his childlike cry, what do you see? His faith shining out. Okay, so we hear about his childlike faith. But also there's something else about his childlike cry. You see him persevering in his faith. No one's going to stop him. <laughs> I mean, his faith is strong enough that it's going to overcome the obstacles that are in his pathway. You notice the crowds do here exactly what the disciples did to the parents who brought the children to Jesus. Remember what the disciples did? Get away from here. Jesus is not interested in them. Well, now you see the crowds doing the same thing. You see that in verse 48. Hush. They told him to be quiet. They warned him as if he was not important at all. But Bartimaeus was crying out loudly more than ever and to the point that he was becoming public embarrassment number one to the crowds. He was a public embarrassment for the crowds. They say, they told him to be quiet, as if to say, don't you know Jesus has more important people to deal with? Doesn't he have more important business at hand? He can't be bothered with tramps and sinners and beggars like you. But notice in the midst of that, Bartimaeus, he's, he's focused on Christ. His eyes, not his physical eyes, but his eye of faith, is focused on Christ. And he persists. He cried out all the more. See that? 
Why now? It must be really embarrassing the crowds. Son of David, have mercy on me. You see him persevering in his faith, in the face of all his difficulties. Not a single word of encouragement from anyone in the crowds. We don't even hear it from the disciples. I mean, it was just one discouragement after another. In spite of all the discouragement, Bartimaeus, by the grace of God, he perseveres because it's by the grace of God, it's by the grace of Christ that he continues in his faith. No one, nothing can stop you from coming to Jesus if he draws you to himself. And you see that with Bartimaeus. He was not going to be stopped because the, the power of Christ was drawing him to come to him. Now, people of God, you know, you think about that. Sometimes we need to think that way too. We must not care. In one sense, we must not care what others may think of us or say of us when we go to Jesus. Let them say what they want to say. You know, if they say to you, oh, how come you're praying so much? Don't let that stop you. Or how come you're reading your Bible so much? Or how come you're so religious and you go to church all the time? Don't let that stop you. Right? Don't let those things hinder you. Those are obstacles that maybe Satan likes to put in the way. But you continue with your focus on Christ. Jesus loves the simple faith of his followers. And by the way, to all of you out there who may be very lonely, maybe there's one that's listening to us today who is feels like that his life is at the end of a rope. Don't finish off your life. There's one who really, really cares. And that's Christ. You come to him. You come to him. You cry out to him and have mercy on him. I mean, he will have mercy on you. You cry out for mercy and he will have mercy on you. Really, this is the, this is where we need to go is to Christ. Why do many half-hearted, why are so many people half-hearted or seeking, in seeking Christ? It's because they don't really see their real need for him. But we need to see our need for him, then we will also go to him in faith. We need to come with childlike faith for forgiveness, which he offers, which God offers in Christ, and for healing and for wholeness. Christ offers all of that. He knows you have nothing to bring. You don't. I don't either. But he has everything to offer. And that brings us to our second point. Jesus called. And it's a loving call. It's not a call to be afraid of, not to be fearful of, but it's a call that is tender. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. <laughs> you see that here in, in, uh, to, towards blind Bartimaeus. You know, the noise of the crowds is just deafening. The excitement, the noise. In the midst of it, what did Jesus do? He immediately stops walking, and he stands still. See that? Verse 48. He stands still, and he commands 
he commands Bartimaeus to be called. What do you see, first of all, here in his loving call, he reaches out to the beggar, to the good for nothing, so to speak, on the side of the road. He stands still for Bartimaeus. Can you imagine? He shows honor. Think of what, uh, think of a little later when Stephen was being stoned by stones. Who was standing still before Stephen? It was the Lord Jesus, the ascended Lord Jesus. And now Jesus stands still, giving honor to Bartimaeus. Jesus allows the cry of his helpless sheep to stop him in his tracks. Think of what we heard last week in verse 45. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. He loves Bartimaeus. He's ready to serve him. He's even ready to give his life for him, to die for his sins, to save him and gather him as a precious jewel. <laughs> Can you imagine? A precious jewel into his kingdom. This reminds us, doesn't it, of the Apostle Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 1, 26, 27. What does the Apostle Paul say? Not many wise, according to the flesh, are called. Not many mighty, not many noble are called. Often because people think they're too good. But Bartimaeus, Jesus calls Bartimaeus. The crowds, they were snooty. They thought quite a bit about themselves. But Jesus uses the snooty crowds to call Bartimaeus to him. But in doing so, is he not teaching the crowds a lesson? Sure he is. He's showing the crowds. He's teaching the crowds. It's not about status. It's not about glory. It's not about position. The kingdom is about serving to forgive and to bring someone home. That's what it is. It's serving. Jesus serves in order to forgive, to bring someone home, to bring someone into a relationship with him forever and ever and ever. And you notice here that Jesus also wants us, the church, to participate in that joyful call just as the crowds, he called the crowds to, to uh, go and call Bartimaeus. See verse 49? They listened to Jesus. They called him. And they're saying to him, be of good cheer. Rise. He's calling you. Now, the crowds are probably fickle. They're probably not understanding. Or do they understand? We're not sure. But that reminds us he also wants us. He also wants to use us in bringing sinners to him. Right? People, the nobodies of life so that they can hear the call of Jesus. That's what Jesus wants. Others to be brought to him so they can hear his call. He uses us for that. And he calls, he calls us, bringing comfort, bringing cheer. In this case, for blind Bartimaeus, to restore and to heal and to make whole. True, not everyone is ready to respond to the call. It's only by sovereign, God's sovereign grace that one hears the call, as Bartimaeus does here. Jesus did say that whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Bartimaeus, 
is like that little child. He responds to Jesus', Jesus loving call. Look at verse 50. You see a little child, like a little child. He's so excited. He throws off his cloak, his garment. He jumps to his feet, and he comes stumbling to Jesus in the best way that he knows how. Broken faith, yeah. Imperfect faith, yeah. But faith nonetheless. In his total helpless condition, he had nothing to give to Jesus, no gift to bring him. And yet, look at the gift that Jesus offers him. In his loving call, he not only reaches out to him, but he's so generous. You talk about one who's so generous. You've never seen such a generous saver. We hear about generous people in the world, but there's none so generous as the Savior who calls us. Notice what Jesus' question is. What do you want me to do for you. <laughs> Can you? Imagine the king of glory, the one who was from who was at the side of the father from all eternity, now in the flesh, asking, What do you want me to do for you? And he's asking one of the lowest people on earth, an outcast, what do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus, though he's unimportant, that we only know him by his father's name. He is important to Jesus. He is a name inscribed in the palm of his hand. The one through whom the heavens and the earth were made comes to this nobody with this generous offer. Is it wealth this beggar wants? No. Rank? Position? No. To be sure, Jesus knows what he wants. But he wants him to ask. Jesus wants him to ask. It's a relationship. He wants Bartimaeus to ask him. And that's what we do when we pray, isn't it? Jesus knows our needs, but God wants us to hear it from us. He wants to hear it from you and express your needs and words from your own heart and to say it to him. What does Bartimaeus want? Very simple. Rabboni. It's a very special, endearing term that was only applied to God. Rabboni. That I may receive my sight. Not wealth, not power, not success. He asks to be made whole. He asks to be made complete. And that's what forgiveness does, right? We receive forgiveness. Healing takes place. That's what salvation is all about, being made whole in Christ. God taking broken images, so broken by sin, and fixing them and putting them back together again. (laughs) What grace. Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Well, what does that mean here? Well here means not it means being made whole, not only physically, certainly he could see again. That was a sign of something greater, though. He was also healed spiritually. Jesus the King gives sight to the blind, and the healing sign confirms that he is the Messiah, the Son of David. He remakes us in his image, he forgives sin, 
And by believing, he says to Bartimaeus, you go your way. Your faith has made you well. You see that? What do you want me to do for you? In giving him sight, what does Jesus do? He gives him everything. <laughs> In giving him his sight, he gives him everything. Beautiful to see that, to hear that. And yes, through faith and repentance, through repentance and faith in Jesus, we too begin to see, and we begin to see that in Christ, God gives us everything. Maybe not in this world, but everything as it pertains to his kingdom. New life includes the promise that when he raises us from the dead, our bodies too will be fully restored and complete. Today, believers have handicaps. They do. Believers have illnesses. Believers have diseases. But you know what? There's the promise of even further restoration, a greater completeness, full completeness. The opposite is also true. Without faith in him, without faith in him, you'll receive nothing. Think of the rich man. Nothing. The loving call of Jesus and his work in his life just melts the heart of Bartimaeus. Why would Jesus so love him and come to him in this way? That brings us finally to our third point, the heartwarming response. It's a little shorter point, verses 30, 51 to 52. You notice that his response is totally different from the heartbreaking response of the man with great wealth. Remember the man with the great wealth? He went away sad and with great shame. He couldn't part from his wealth. Jesus said one or the other, he gave up Jesus and kept his wealth. He gave up eternal life. But look at Bartimaeus. First of all, look at his faith. I mean, we should that should warm our hearts when we see the expression of his faith. Look again at verse 50. What do we read there? Bartimaeus threw off his outer garment to go to Jesus. Does he go back to get it? Don't read that anywhere. He doesn't even go back to get his outer garment. He's dressed in the righteous robes of Jesus Christ. He doesn't need to. We read nothing of that. him going back to get his garment. Ah, oh, you may say yes, but Bartimaeus had very little to lose anyway in his sight to gain. Yeah, yeah, but by faith, we also come to see, no matter how rich we are, we have nothing to lose, but everything to gain by believing and trusting in Jesus Christ. It's all a matter of seeing. Bartimaeus saw it. The man of great wealth did not. You know, our eyes made blind by sin often prevent us from seeing the the great riches, the everythingness that Christ, that God offers us in Christ through his perfect life on the through his perfect life and his perfect sacrifice for all who repent and believe on him. The good news is that Jesus does give sight to the spiritually blind. Call upon him. Do so today. Because there's through faith you receive everything. Everything that belongs to his kingdom. But come to him with childlike trust. That's the kind of disciple Jesus looks for. Childlike trust. 
Such faith is a faith is a gift that Christ gives. It's a gift, but we should ask for it. We shall humble ourselves and ask for that gift. You will see that in comparison to what Christ gained for us, we have nothing to lose. Finally, he follows. You see his heartwarming response in terms of his action in verse 52. Bartimaeus saw by faith, and now you see the powerful effect of Christ's grace in his life. What does he do? He follows him on the road, (laughs) right? He was before sitting beside the road. Now he follows him on the road. Jesus said, go your way. He could have gone any way. Jesus said, go your way. But he insists that he's going to follow Jesus on the road. You see, he saw on on a deeper level. He saw by faith. He followed Jesus, taking up the cross. James and John at this time, at this point in time, they asked for fame. Bartimaeus asked for faith. James and John, at this time, they're asking for a seat. Bartimaeus takes up, takes up his cross and follows Jesus on the road. Do you see the difference in his position? Sitting by the side of the road, broken, totally. And now he follows Jesus on the road, complete, made whole. Brothers and sisters, this is Jesus. This is what he does for all who call upon him. In Jesus, in, in, in Bartimaeus, Jesus also shows us what a true disciple is, a true follower. A believer is a follower. Can't separate the two. A believer is a follower. You cannot be a believer without being a follower. You cannot be a follower without being a believer. Let me say that again. You cannot be a follower without being a believer. In other words, you must come in childlike faith. At the same time, you cannot be a believer without a follower. That means you, by believing, you also follow Christ on the road. And he gives you the strength. And as he that motivation is that treasure, what he has gained for you. Rich and poor alike, beggar and king alike, coming to Christ's kingdom in the same way. There's only one way, by faith, by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. By faith we see Jesus, priceless treasure, source of purest pleasure, truest friend to me. Amen.